Hello friends and welcome to your Wednesday Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. 17 games unbeaten, 12 wins in 13 games, 37 goals in that run and just two conceded. What a time it is to be an Ipswich Town fan. I am Mark Heath. I'm giddy as you can tell and I'm joined by the wet bandits, Andy Warren and Stuart Watson, a fresh from driving all the way back from Barnsley. Hutchie, you were looking concerned when I was relaying those stats. Did I get them wrong? Uh, no, I think that's just general general resting face for me. Okay. Sl- slight concern, always on your toes. Um, and you'll be all right. Keep your wits about you. How are you? Solid, mate. Um, nice little drive home from Barnsley with Stu today. Got back to our home straight on here to look at each other again. Um yeah, it's been. It was quite a nice little drive home with the sun at our backs um, after a really brilliant evening. Stuart, you were obviously there last night. Um, your video last night was was one of the nicest things I've watched in a long time because you both seemed almost a little bit shell shock's not the word, but kind of in a, in a in a in a in a in a warm glow of of seeing something quite special. And don't mind me saying, you both looked quite touched by what you'd seen and what you'd been part of, Stewie. Yeah, because it's it's been a long time coming, isn't it? It was quite emotional last night. The scenes from the away end, what we saw on the pitch, and the realisation that it's in touching distance now. I know we've been talking about it for a while, but this felt like the final big hurdle, and they're over it. And I don't, I can't see. I'm comfortable now talking about them being on the verge of it, and. Yeah, it has brought a sort of the emotion sort of coming up a little bit, really, because it brings back all the memories of everything we've been through for the last five, ten years. Um, it's just nice. It's yeah. really nice. Can, for those of you, for those who haven't watched the video, and obviously you should, please go and watch the video and uh, give us three pounds for three months and, and and subscribe. And by the way, thank you so much for all the people who've already done that and all all the message of support and, and kind of pledging of subscriptions we've had because that's been. That's been touching as well. That's been really nice. So thank you for all of you who've done that. And if you've not, and if you're able to support us going forward, we did a, a big explainer about that on the last show. Um, please do get involved. Actually, for those people listening to this who weren't there last night, and obviously there were a lot of people there, can you kind of take them with you, with your words, just to kind of put it into words, just what it was like, what an experience it was, and how well town played? They played very well, just like mm. just like they have so often. Um I think the mo the moment the two goals just before half time were huge, but the mo the moment that made me really feel like it was a really special night was just the there was a time I think it I think it was in the second half when a player went down injured and the physio came on. Definitely first half, I can't remember where the physio came on. And just for about two minutes, just constant blue army chants backwards and forwards from one side of the away into the other, getting louder and louder with every single one. That was incredibly loud. Like that would have been at home in any football stadium in the world at, at any mm. level in terms of that kind of level of chant. And um, that was incredible. Um, tingling. I guess tingling is probably the feeling of, of the night really. Cause it, like Stu said, it it was just it, it wasn't just a three 0 win at Barnsley, which was brilliant. It it was everything. Um, the hundreds and hundreds of games that have got Ipswich to this point since things started going pretty badly wrong. Um, 
just all coming together on a night where you you really did allow yourself to truly believe and and know that a team that you know has been good enough to go up for weeks we know they've been good enough but we didn't know if they'd get there and now i think we know we've they've got there um and it was all that kind of just rushing into your into your body and your the way that you felt and um yeah it it was great just really really great it's like I've got a whole a whole tube a whole tub of of tea tree minty shower <laughs> gel and just covered your whole body just got the minty tingles all over so you, you tweeted last night a picture there was a great picture that um, Warren Page took which it doesn't really work for print because it's it's so big and wide of a shot but um when you when you share it on social media it really does work and it's the players celebrating i think it must have been the third goal in front of a wall literally a wall as far as i can see of town fans and you, i think you tweet something like um a night that will live long in the memory um how does that match up you've covered Ipswich town for what 12 years now covered through a lot of shit um how does that compare to wins or nights that you've you've been part of previously Probably a bit of you've always got to guard against a bit of recency bias, but yeah, the way I'm feeling right now, it tops them all. You're going back to the playoff season and Chaplin away day, and there's been some some good away days during that that season. Um Noel Hunt's winner at Charlton, things like that. But given what's at stake and what's about to happen, it has to be mm. last night. It and that playoffs that playoff season, yes, it was good, it was great fun, wasn't it? But they were kind of the scrappy kind of underdog team towards the end. And this team has just kind of gone into overdrive. The sort of stats we're, we're seeing, the sort of performances we're seeing, they are just just sweeping opponents aside. And you go into games think, OK, we're slightly reticent going to Barnsley. But generally speaking, you feel like this team can face any challenge and, and play any opponent, Hutchie. They don't, they don't concede goals. They always score goals. Um, it's a pretty good recipe. They, mm. they, y- you could feel like they're going to tro- control all three thirds of the pitch. They can do it. They didn't last night, not always. And that was another thing that made last night so great is that Barnsley, Barnsley showed up for this in the in the first half. It was a real, it was a proper game between two re- two really good teams. But I think we all felt going into it that although Barnsley are a really good team, I think we all felt that Ipswich were a better team because we've seen it every single week. We know how good they are. And just to see that be proven, that, that yeah, they've beaten Forest Green in this run. They've 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 beaten all of those, those, those teams. It started with Forest Green, this run, and, and they've beaten some teams in the lower reaches along the way. But they've gone to Derby, gone to Bolton, gone to Peterborough, and now even above all of that, they've gone to Barnsley and done it. Um, they're as good as we thought they were, um, and last night just proved that too. Yeah, uh, and also how sweet, given the social media trash talk beforehand from the Barnsley uh, social media team. The uh, we were ready five weeks ago, and then beautifully, I think Harry Clark was my favourite in terms of response. There was a tweet wasn't there from Barnsley because it won nine nine in a row at home. Win 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 win. Who's next? And then Harry Clark retweeted that with win, 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 loss. 
<laughs> yes, go on, Harry. Um, you spoke. We, I assume you spoke to Luke after the game, Hutchie, Luke Wolfenden, and he enjoyed it. He was. He made reference to that, didn't he? Yeah, they they all in, they all enjoyed it. Luke Luke was saying that he, he doesn't know why anybody, uh, in this case, the Barnsley uh, social media admin, um, mm. why you would do something like that because it always comes back to make you look a fool in the end, and you're better off doing. You're talking on the pitch and then having a dig on social media afterwards. That's that's also part of it. But yeah, he's right. Do your talking on the pitch, do your business, then enjoy it afterwards. My favourite one of those tweets was Janoy Danassian, by the way. Quiet, quiet Janoy Danassian just says, we're always ready. We stayed nice. ready. We stayed ready. Stay um, frosty, baby. Yeah, job done. Should we, should we talk about the performance in a bit more detail? Yeah, um, just on the social media front. Yeah. I want to believe that Kieran McKenna put Greg Lee on the bench and made sure he got on the pitch <laughs> for some top house, top level shit housery last yeah. night. The man yeah. that had the ghost call up to Jamaica that created all this fuss about the game getting uh, yeah. rearranged. He's not been making squads of late. I don't know. He was on there instead of Genoi last night, wasn't he? So I, yeah. I don't know if Genoi might have had a knock or we, we don't know. Um, but I'm going to go with the story that that it was a. a a master plan by Kieran to make a just to make a little point, and the and social were, media team were straight on him at the exactly. end. Exactly, yeah, yeah, they were sharing Greg Lee stuff after the game, which was interesting. Um, the performance as a whole, though, Stu, the goals. Um, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to praise? Um, go for it. Um, well, let's do it reasonably chronologically. Then I think I'll start with the praise for matching Barnsley's fight in those first 20 25 minutes. Um, Michael Duff's sides are pretty streetwise, aggressive, physical, press high, high intensity. Um, and as Andy said just now, they they were at it in the first half. And I turned to Andy sort of around 20-odd minutes where Barnsley had had a real spell of pressure. They were getting quite a lot of joy down their left-hand side. Left-sided centre-half joining in the attack. Cadden was, is a, a threat with his deliveries from the left. Strikers were, were picking up nice little pockets of space, a lot of crosses into the Ipswich box. And this was a step up in opposition. This was better than Bolton, better than Derby. Um, from what I saw at Barnsley last night, I'd be backing them to go on and win the playoffs. Um, but Ipswich matched it. They dug in for all... We'll, we'll go on and we'll wax lyrical about the goals and the the attacking talents, but... Let's not overlook the fact that they are doing the dirty work. They are earning the right to play. And we could go through the whole team, but that starts from front to back, from George Hurst's pressing, from Luongo and, and Morsi snapping at heels in midfield. The two centre-halves, again, immense last night, Wolfenden and Burgess. Um, they stood up to that. And Kieran McKenna afterwards said, we knew if we could ride that storm, they wouldn't be able to keep it up. And the spaces would would open up, and we'd work out how to, where the gaps were in the press, and um, so it proved to be. Actually, do you want to pick up there on Cameron Burgess? You were effusive with praise for Cameron Burgess last night, and you've you've praised him a lot recently. But and we we talk a lot about how much Kieran McKenna has improved players, which we've not seen for a long time at Town. But Cameron Burgess, one of these guys that he was kind of done, like. Was it at Barrow in the FA Cup where he got he got torn apart by mediocre League Two strikers, and and the word was out that if you get him on the turn, he's struggling, um, and he looked all over the shop, completely shot of confidence, and yet he's, he's come back in now, and he's a absolutely key part of this this side. Do you want to talk a little bit about 
how he's done that and what you've mm. seen from him? Well, the, the first thing in his kind of arc is that not only did that happen at Barrow, he then he didn't play at all under Kieran mm. McKenna for months and months and months. I think it got to around April time before he even played for Kieran McKenna um, at the very start. But there were always little words along the way f- from the manager about how he's working hard in training. He's there. He's really important to this group. He's making improvement. Um, and I get so much of that credit obviously has to go to the coaches, but even more of it has to go to Cameron him- himself. It is he, he's always talked about how he started as a midfielder and was comfortable on the ball and, and, and wants to play is happy to play and thinks he can play. And I, he, I think that's a big thing of, of why he's managed to get himself back in to this team and be su- such a big part of it, because I don't think a Kieran McKenna system will carry a proper like old school mm. head at kick at centre half. So he's done that to earn a, earn a place in the team. His positioning's really good. His aerial dominance. We've not, ever really doubted um it's always been there um and he's been supremely consistent he's great on the floor he's he uses that left foot balance to get to get town moving sort of through the middle of the pitch he can get those balls into Morsi or he can bring Davis into it and just him and Wolfenden have just that they're, they're a really good pairing because Burgess can win the ball he can he can track it he can win it in the air he made one really good sliding tackle last night on Devonte Cole that he's done a few times recently. He makes big blocks. Wolfenden reads the game well, um, can sweep things up, mop up. And they just work as a pair. They just work as a pair. And he's um, he deserves a lot of praise, I think, Cameron Burgess, because mm. to kind of have that level of recovery to come become such a consistent performer at such a high level is really quite something, I think. Um, he deserves an awful lot of credit for that. I don't feel nervous with him at all. And there was a stage where you always felt, like you say, mm. there was a moment where he'd get caught yeah. high up the pitch and we're in trouble here if he gets it. I don't feel any nerves with him anymore. Even on the ball, he's just he's got some confidence back in him. Sometimes you just need a manager that, that breathes a bit of confidence into you and tells reminds you you can do it. And that left-footed balance, I think, has been massive. And um, he won't be top of people's kind of lists when it comes to dishing out the praise and the superstars of this season but yeah it cannot be underestimated his role in coming into this side mm. during this this recent run like we talk like lots of lots of people are very keen to talk about Ipswich's spending power aren't they very keen either side of these two center halves there's two million pound fullbacks Leif Davis one side Harry Clark the other but in the middle are two recycled center backs who who were who, who have been who were there Luke Wolfenden was on the way out. Kieran yep. McKenna recycled him mm-hmm. and has made him into this. But as you've said, Cameron Burgess um, was on the floor. He, they've been recycled and they've been made. That we always knew they had something about them. Of course we knew, but but credit to them, credit to the coaches. They've. It, it's not all about spending money here, and those two are the re- the top example of that. I think it's not a. It's not about necessarily spending money. It's about good coaching as well and making making people better. And they all deserve so much credit for doing that. Michael Duff, to be fair to him, people have honed in on some of his comments afterwards. He talked about the nature of Ipswich's goals, which we'll come on to in a minute. And he thought they were the better side for the first half, which I'm, I'm inclined to agree with, actually. Um, but he was also very respectful. He, he, he mentioned, he's talked about the money Ipswich have spent, but he, but he did do it in a nuanced way he did provide context yes 
everybody in the league, it's clear when managers talk to each other, the subject of Ipswich spending a million pounds on a left back is the, one of the first thing that comes up. But he said, money doesn't equal success. Look at Chelsea. You can waste a lot of money. You still have to get that chemistry and the alchemy right to bring a team together and get them performing the way they have. So um, I didn't really have any problem with Michael Duff's comments last night. I thought he was. I thought that was a, a decent summary of, of the game from him. He, he thought there was a lot of good things from, from his side last night, which I'd agree with. And he's talking about them sort of picking themselves up for the playoffs. But, um, and just the latest in a long line of managers that are, are very, very impressed with Ipswich Town. I suppose the other thing we have to record as well, going back to Burgess, is not only has he had the kind of the test of his, his physical playing abilities, he's also had a big mental hurdle to go over in that his, his face was smashed. He's got, yeah. he's got, what's he got like 30 plus screws in his face. Um, and when you're, when you're a guy who uh, relies a lot on the ability to, to win balls in the air and head a ball with your, with that damaged face, that again, is just another level of, of mental toughness. Um, Hachi, should we talk about the goals? Because there's, there's one, there's one goal in particular, which is the obvious, the obvious one. That I want to spend a bit of time talking about the second goal from George Hurst. Everyone has described it as classic centre forward play, and it and it was. But you know what it reminded me of, Hutchie, a friend of yours. Do you remember the Rugby World Cup 1995? Jonah Lomu, this kind of freak athlete, appeared on the scene and was literally just knocking people, big men. He was just knocking them aside like they were nothing. And that had the, that George Hurst goal last night had that feel for me, you know, the kind of get off me and the guy's just flying. And, you know, these are two big, hairy ass, decent League One defenders. And he's just knocking them flying like Skittles. I absolutely loved it. Mads Anderson looks to me like he does have the hair, but he does also look like a manscaper to me. Oh, does he? He, <laughs> he looks like the kind that that, that that the hair is still there, and that and that does fulfil all of Stu's criteria. But he's also very <laughs> keen to use the products available to get rid of it. Um, as an aside, yeah, you're you're bang on. Um, instantly thinking of Joe Lomu rugby there, the game that that came out as a result of that, which yeah must look so low tech now. But yeah, um, strength, power, pace one thought in his mind the whole time that is Jonah Lomu isn't it mm. um he's a bit he's a bit more slight than Jonah Lomu, oh, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. I would say but um yeah just that one that one mindedness of I'm going to win this ball then I'm going to drive towards goal and then I'm going to and this is one of George Hurst's massive strengths I think is then I'm going to keep my cool take a breath and actually put a really incredible shot into the back of the net as well, helped by mm. a bit of a shoving match between the two uh, two Barnsley centre-halves, which created a bit of a gap. But yeah, he's um, he showcased a little bit of everything there. And it was, it was a, a brilliant, brilliant goal. Do you remember, by the way, I mean, that World Cup, by the way, I don't know if you... Younger people would not have seen that Rugby World Cup, but Jonah Luma in that World Cup was... It was like when Usain Bolt started suddenly came on the scene and was doing things that no one had ever seen before. Jonah Lumu was just running. Do you remember him stomping a mud hole on Mike Cat on his way yep. to a try? Literally just ran him over. And this is like a six foot three, 15 stone guy. It was ridiculous. Anyway, I'm getting excited now. That's what it reminded me of. Um, Stewie, wax more lyrical about some of these goals before I get way too carried away. Well, in general, over the three goals, it's, as Michael Duff pointed out, it's a set piece goal and it's two mm. long kicks upfield. And there's nothing wrong with that. If we go back to the time in the season where we were getting a bit wobbly, have Ipswich got found out a bit? Are they too predictable? They've definitely mixed it up. 
since then. They're not always trying to score the same goal, the perfect get it to the byline, cut it back, that calling card that they kept playing repeatedly. And I think people were starting to gamble on that. They're mixing it up a little bit more, especially in these away games. And um, and that's fine. It keeps the opposition guessing. And um, the set pieces, you cannot yeah. underestimate the role that they've played. I think that's 26 goals now. So out of the 60 they've scored, 26 of them have come from set pieces. You go back to that early fans forum where Kieran McKenna was asked about set pieces. And yeah, our record from them is unacceptable. It's borderline impossible to get promoted out of this division. For somebody who has lived Premier League football and elite football for a long time, he immediately knew what the stats were. For To get out of League One at this sort of level, set pieces are vital and they've they've sorted it out. And um, yeah, Barnsley, Barnsley were right up there in terms of set piece records this season and they went into that game targeting beat them at set pieces and we've got every chance of winning the game and so it proved to be um one of the, the obviously clearly going into the game one of the narratives was a, was a certain ex-striker james norwood with a, with a penchant for producing things in in games where he's got a bit of needle um how did he perform and also i totally forgot by the way until you you put it in the live coverage you there was another ex-town player involved last night, who led Barnsley out of the tunnel. Did he? Barry Cotter? For the warm-up, he did. Okay. Um, which is quite bold for a, a backup yeah. right-back who doesn't yeah. normally make the bench, but that's uh, that's Barry. So what was Just, how, did, how, how did Norwood do, and, and uh, what was that kind of narrative like? James Norwood, wasn't it, Stu? He, he, he tried to do things that James Norwood did. Um and, uh, was it Leif Davis, the early arm on, on Leif Davis? Um, put himself about, worked hard, looked to try and wind up a few of his old friends. You could see that on a few occasions. He he was doing that before the game um, and then at halftime as well. Snapshot here and there, some balls across the box that either he couldn't reach or he had put across a, the box for a teammate they couldn't reach. But ultimately, Town... Town kept him at arm's length, really. And I, and I think the goal that we've just discussed um, shows that Ipswich have upgraded in that yeah. in that position to, to a real extent. Yeah. And the third goal as well, Stuart, we should mention Connor Chaplin's goal. Again, another fantastic finish from him. 27 goals for the season now. Uh, was it 23-24 in the league? He's, he's right up there chasing for the golden boot now. Um, absolutely staggering season. You, you think about the best seasons that Ipswich Town Strikers have had in recent times. And Daryl Murphy obviously stands out by a mile. But Chaplin's done that and he's not even playing as a striker. Yeah, I remember doing a piece, I don't know, a few weeks back talking about the various milestones that that he could be looking to chase down in terms mm. of goals. Can he get to 20 all competitions? Yeah, he'll probably do that. Can he get to 20 in the league? Maybe, might be touch and go. Then it was can he match Daryl Murphy? Can he can he match Daryl Murphy's twenty seven from the from the playoff season of fourteen fifteen? That felt like a real push at the time, um, but he's done it and he's won behind Johnson Clark Harris now in the Golden Boot race. And as you say, all from a number ten position. He's a player that is constantly having conversations with his manager about I'm a striker, still see myself as a striker, um, but Kieran McKenna saw something in him and and. They've worked very hard to sort of change his his qualities and and um, 
he's just got better and better as the season's gone on. Like, whenever his name is mentioned in the post-match press conference, the first thing McKenna talks about is his his love of football, his thirst for learning, wanting to improve every day, thinks he's got better and better. Um, and he'll have enjoyed that last night. For all the talk about Norwood potentially coming back to uh, to haunt Ipswich, it was Connor Chaplin against his former club. I think Andy spoke to him after he scored. It's a really good free kick, wasn't it, in the in the game against Barnsley at Portman Road back in August. And there was a, just a little swipe from him where he sort of said, uh, yeah, of course I celebrated my goal. Barnsley are very much a uh, buy, and, buy and sell. There's no real loyalty to their players. I think they just mm. finished fifth in the championship and then they, they sold him to Ipswich so I think he'll have, he'll have enjoyed that um, last night. Any other notes from the game boys? I've got a meeting in 20 minutes and obviously I want us to talk a little bit about Exeter and, and what might well what is on the on the horizon on Saturday um, and how how mighty and unprecedented that is really um, certainly in, in years. Uh, anything else you want to talk about around the game? Did you see any more catch up others Hutchie? <laughs> What was the drive home like? Have you got any little insights you can you can share for your, your glamorous lives on the road? No catch up udders. Um some really not some really nice pulled pork baps mm. in the press room. I'll give that a little shout out. Nice. Um the toilets that Stu mentioned, um that I was looking forward to seeing on my first trip to Oak. Well, those those grim outdoor toilets are now the press room. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> You're joking. Nope. The press room is an outdoor toilet. It's it's been nicely converted, but I'm oh, okay. reliably in full, I'm reliably <laughs> fully fully refurbished. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. explain it. But, but um yeah. It yeah. Uh, it's gone through a little bit of a modernization um to what Stu was describing. I feel a little short change that I did I've I've not had the full Oakwell experience, but they've given it a bit of a bit of a lick lick of paint here and there. You didn't get to wee on a wall. Were the, the toileting facilities too significantly upgraded then? Uh, yes, yes. It's, it's gone. It's gone through a bit of a facelift since. Uh, I mean, it's going. I started to think it's probably what twenty seventeen since Ipswich last went there. So it's been a few years. The press box itself was much improved. The old flappy wooden desks where many a journalist's laptop had uh, gone <laughs> flying were, were, I think, been decommissioned. So. Um, yeah, it was a bit, a bit, a bit of a better working experience this time. Right then, anything else, boys, from this game? Um, that we should mention, of course. By the way, which I've totally negated to mention, they won three nil, and they had the luxury of missing a penalty yeah. as well at, at a team that were absolutely flying. I mean, well, I was, I was thinking back. I was thinking for for all this, we've talked about Barnsley having moments of pressure and being being quite a good team. Christian Walton hasn't had to make many if any, significant saves last night. And then you go through, you think Ipswich have scored three goals. Broadhead's had a penalty save. Luongo hit the underside of the bar. George Hurst put a really good chance wide in the first half. It's uh, You start to think what well, that scoreline could have been. It's yeah. remarkable. Any other thoughts, Hutchie? You're nodding along. I never, I'm, I'm just sure that means you're about to jump in and say something. I wasn't. Um, yeah, just one. Oh, all I say is one-tiered football stands are brilliant. That away yeah. looked looked amazing. One tier, all the way back. So loud. So much fun being had in there. Um, yeah, just a brilliant night. The one, if only moment, was if Harry Clark would have scored 
the thunder bastard <laughs> to end them all. It's coming. It's coming. That Harry Clark goal. He. I don't think I've seen someone hit a ball harder or sweeter than that. How far out was he, Andy? But that ball 20, was absolutely, absolutely motoring and it slammed into somebody in the box, but that would have broken the back of the net if that had gone in, in front of those Ipswich fans. So that, that Harry Clark moment is coming. Um, it would be great if that was on Saturday, wouldn't it? Yeah. Would it still have been going now, Stu? To use a great yes. cliche. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Right then, boys, let's move on. Uh, sounds crazy to say, but Barnsley have been brushed aside 3-0. And all that remains now between Ipswich Town and the Championship and a first promotion in almost a quarter of a century, let that sink in, a quarter of a century is a win at home. I know technically they have to get a win, they need two points, but let's do it with a win at home to Exeter City on Saturday. It could not be more perfectly set up, could it? A sold out absolutely rammed Portman Road, aside in Exeter that have lost five in a row. I know all all those games have been close games against sides that are right up there. But Hutchie, this is if you if you structured a season, this is what you'd want, isn't it? An opportunity to, to win promotion yep. by winning at home in front yeah. of an absolutely sold out Portman Road. I think even if you could structure a season, you wouldn't dare suggest that actually that that game will be led into by thirteen wins in fourteen, no. whatever it is heading in. <laughs> yeah. Heading, you wouldn't even like, that would that that would be taking the mick. Like, yeah, you'd in any scenario you'd take win at home to Exeter to get promotion with the luxury of a game at Fleetwood a week later if you somehow managed to mess up. Um, mm. That's that's dreamland, but. They're also doing it on the back of the most ridiculous run of form you're likely to find mm. um, with a team that have shown they can handle every big occasion that they're presented with, um, who don't concede goals, who score a bucket load. Um, so how, being real about it, can we really imagine any scenario where this doesn't happen? You can, you can, they're, they're there, you can name them, but... Surely, ever. We've got to ask Watson. We've got to ask Watson because obviously Watson was nervous. We said he was nervous to start looking ahead. Didn't I'll tell you why I was nervous, Mark. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen the sports editor at the one of the Sheffield papers tweeted back in February League One champions in oh. waiting or something along those lines, which has come back to haunt them. Yeah. Um, a form, former journalist in our parish, I think, uh, talked about getting deck chairs out yeah, at yeah, one yeah. stage where it all fell apart. So I'm I'm very aware that these things can come back to haunt you. All of that said, I think I'm pretty comfortable saying that it's one very big foot in the championship at the moment. Andy's right. How can you see this team, given everything that we've just discussed, not getting two points from these, these final two games? Um Exeter, Ipswich, I thought that was one of their most comfortable away, professional away day displays where they won their 2-0 before Christmas. Ipswich are a better team than they are now. Exeter are probably a little weaker than they were then. They've got all of their strikers out at the moment, I think. I don't know if any of them are back yet, are they, Andy? But um, Stansfield, um, Brown, Nombay, they've all been out recently. So... It has all the makings of a very special day. It's hard now not to look at this and go, 100 points, 100 goals is on. 
I need seven from these last two. I was just last night we were just talking. I think everyone will be doing this now. If we're coming to the fairy tale end to this season, it's sealing it on Saturday in front of the home fans, which will be the first major tick. Mm. And then what will be a really nice reward for those absolute hardcore loyal fans that are going to be going up to Fleetwood is maybe seal the title, pinch it off Plymouth on, on the final day um, and hit those that 100 goals, 100 points. That would be absolute dreamland. Um, if they finish behind Plymouth, then absolute fair play to Plymouth. They've been given given everything. Um, they absolutely deserve to be up there as well. But um, yeah, it's hard not to be kind of thinking that way about these these last two games now. This season, when you think about it, boys, and... and... Hutchie's mentioned there the arc of the season it has kind of been a movie hasn't it I mean it, it's the sort of thing where obviously they started really well then they had this dip in the middle and there's all the doubt that's coming and four wins in 15 and then at that point you'd have had a montage of the players doing ridiculous training exercises running up hills carrying each other on their backs and the, you know the rocky four and then suddenly they turn it all around and they go on an unprecedented run um, which they have been doing and as you say Stu it would finish with them lifting the title on the final day at Fleetwood, having scored. Turns out, turns out Paul Lambert was right. <laughs> this is this is nay normal, and it is better to be the hunter than the hunted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but what was it? Four wins from fifteen during that sort of yeah. mid mid season patch. Yeah, yeah. And if if they win these last two games, what will it be? Fourteen wins from the final fifteen. It's twelve and thirteen, all... isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so we were talking about at that stage after the Bristol Rovers game, there's no margin for error now. Well, mm. there wasn't, and they've potentially not going to have used any of that margin for error. They've virtually gone perfect from Bristol Rovers onwards. Remarkable. Mental. And also, of course, Lambert did tell us that when it turns, it'll turn. Mm. And it's turned, Paul. Boy, is it turned. Um <laughs> Hutchie, they, they're going to they're going to smash Exeter, aren't they? On Saturday, they're going to score early. They're going to end up winning four or five, I reckon. Oh, it's fitting that Paul give the final say to Paul Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it? uh, it's not impossible, is it? Like you know, we'd all we'd all take the one nil, we'd all take the one nil win and the promotions done and everything. But they score early. They showed in that Charlton game, like and the other other games, score early, score early, and it. This is what the team do, does. They they keep going. They're relentless. They won't stop. Yeah. Um, so who knows? Um, Kieran McKenna would be so cross with us having this conversation. Well, right yeah, now, yeah, wouldn't he? He's starting. They can do all of that internally. He keeps saying, let everybody else externally enjoy it, live the moment, enjoy it. These don't these situations don't come along very on long. Very often, if we can't sit here and bask in the glow of it and talk excitedly like this, that, that we can do it because we trust them internally not to get swept up, swept up in it all. Mm. I noticed that in amongst all the social media stuff from the players last night, Sam Morsey had his yeah. say and said, yeah. but immediately was like, but also there's still a job to do, you know, <laughs> extension of the manager. Yeah, I love that because that's that is Morsey all over, isn't it? He's done that has been his mission all season. He, mm. He's not done yet. But Stewie, I want you to ask McKenna after they win on Saturday and they're promoted. I want the quote. I want you to say, "Are you looking at the table now, Kieran?" <laughs> I want him to say, "Oh yes, I'm looking at the table now, Stewie." And we can play that audio into the pod. That's what I want. I want it to happen. Yeah, make it happen. On Saturday, we're, we're already talking about what could happen on Saturday. A couple of yeah. questions. 
pitch invasion, for or against it, and two, if we're going with the fairy tale dream scenario, who would you like to score the winner the most? Who would be the most popular goal scorer to see all this? Genoi. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yes, I am for pitch invade. As I just said, Ipswich Town haven't been any good for a quarter of a century. They have not done anything for a quarter of a century apart from one. Well, recently, anyway. Um, in terms of like that scrappy playoff season, I know there was there was some exciting times in the in the mid noughties But so, absolutely, a pitch invasion if they're promoted. I don't see why. And obviously, the message will be stay in your seats and act responsibly. But this is why we're football fans, isn't it? This is why people go to football to if you can't do things like that on these legendary days to to cap an unbelievable season, a season that we talked about for years to come, and maybe the start of something really, really. Uh, incredible, then yes, I'd say I'd say pitch invasion, and I would say Genoa Dinashian to score the winner. Thank you, please. What are you saying, Hachi? Whatever we say about a pitch invasion, I think it's probably inevitable, isn't it? Uh, Would you be tempted, boys? You'd be. It's a long way down. I've got the match. (laughs) I've got the match report to file, Mark. That's true. uh, Yeah. After that, obviously, I've got work to do. Yeah. Um. Maybe we'll get up. Ross. We'll get Ross in the thick of it. Oh, Ross with his, will be with his video he camera. To, he yeah. won't be able to help himself. He needs to be careful. He needs to make sure he doesn't leave his bag somewhere. That leave yeah. his camera just lying around. Um, that would be his his main his main task. Um, a whiff of a goal for Janoi Dinassian from range would be would be fantastic. Um, but. I like the way that Wes Burns is able to milk a crowd. He's good at it. Um, quite. If if it's to be a late, a late kind of winner to seal this, I'd love him to do it because he's very good at kind of milking the crowd a little bit. And then the Macarena, he's good at that. <laughs> he's good at that as well. Him and Connor Chaplin. His, his for me would be the perfect scenario. Town score early and they, they cruise to victory, and then Junoy comes on and scores an absolute wonderful thunder bastard from about 30 yards. And at that point, the referee just blows the whistle and lets celebrations begin. And the entire crowd is on is on the Portman Road pitch. But Ipswich Town, the first promotion in almost a quarter of a century. That would be the, that's the way you'd end the movie. Actually, to be fair, you'd end the movie with a title on the final day. But um, that would be, a, that would be a storybook ending. Shall we just reflect, boys, um, as we get to the end of this podcast? And obviously, we, we can talk about it more next week, but what this season means and what we are on the brink of in terms of everything that's come before, everything we've been through, Stuart, and you've been through it more than most, at least in terms of covering it. Um, <laughs> we're on the brink of something really, really, really special. Yeah, as you point out, this, this we're going back to 92 for the last time, Ipswich Town won a, won a title. We're going back to 2000 for the last time there was a promotion these are almost sort of generational moments in football. Mm. And when we talk about the pitch invasion, the club probably won't like me saying this, and I'm sure they'll go through all the motions of sort of putting the stewards in the right places, saying the right messages, but the pitch is getting ripped up in the summer. Let people, if you do it responsibly, let people enjoy their moment. Come on. I know like there was a spate of them, wasn't there, last year? And I think there's talk about the sort of Football League and FA clamping down on it and stuff, but it's pretty harmless, isn't it? Like, come on. 
There you go, friend. Stuart Watson says, invade that pitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's the message. This is, um, this is like when Paul Lambert encouraged fans to bring pyro and flares to the stadium, <laughs> only to that, that got rolled back on as well. Very similar. Very, bring your pyro, bring your flares, said Paul. Um, Hutchie, you, you were there. You were at Wembley the last time Ipswich Town were promoted. Um, and it was half a lifetime ago. Uh, well, certainly for me. Um, what will it mean to you? Take everything away. You cover Ipswich Town professionally, but you are an Ipswich Town fan. What will that mean to you on, on Saturday if at full time it's just town of one and they've been promoted and you're there again? I was also at Portman Road 23 years ago the last time there was a pitch invasion as well. And that was ah, fun after okay. the semi-final. That was Bolt a very game, big yeah. pitch. Yeah, it was a big, big pitch invasion after that. I went and met some of my school friends in the in the centre circle. Um, very vivid memories of that. Um, yeah, it'd be... It's mad that it's taken that long. Um, I was... How old have I been? 13, the last time Ipswich got promoted. 14, maybe. Um, Little Hutchie. Yeah, yeah. I I was badly, desperately in need of a haircut that day at Wembley. I've got some photos. <laughs> I've got some photo. I've got some photos of me from that day, like proper, like proper printed out photos. My hair was an absolute mess, like billowing out the side here. Horrendous. I'll show you later. Um, yeah, it would, yeah, it would mean loads to me. Um, and I think that's kind of what I realised last night, actually, kind of how how much that meant. I've I've really enjoyed doing this as a job, um, yeah. and and lots of the and yeah, lots of the times it has kind of knocked my it, it has. Like even doing this job covering other teams has kind of knocked my Ipswich Town fandom back a few places because. I've gone through long spells of not watching them, gone but but to to hopefully have have covered a team, an Ipswich Town team that's done something so special for the, the club I grew up supporting is massive. Um yeah, it, it is really, really, really special. That's the perfect way in which to sign off, I reckon. We've got I've got to go because I've got a meeting. We don't want to do spend too long um waxing lyrical because there's a lot more waxing lyrical to come friends don't you worry Ipswich nil extra city nil <laughs> <laughs> imagine oh dear oh dear we built it up uh, friends thanks for listening today we wanted to bring you a show today given the, the magnitude and the gravitas of what happened uh, last night um, just a reminder to please support our sponsors use a code uh, koa at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery also if you need help with your, your, your marketing your digital marketing your google ads all that kind of stuff your SEO Ginger Pickle are the boys that can help you. I'm wearing, I'm wearing the badge. There we go, Ginger Pickle. Um, Tony Southgate and the boys. And also, got it behind me on the crutch, KOA merch. We are selling merch like hotcakes. Hoodie's going especially well. We've just sold a dog bandana. That's gone. We've sold our first uh, insulated water bottle as well and a mouse mat. Um, I might get a bandana. Yeah, for your dog. Oh, I'm not sure not for, you. Not for me. Oh, okay. I'll get you a bandana. Yeah. Yeah, bandana mate. Don't worry about that. Um, but seriously, I mean, obviously, now is is a great time to get yourself all clubbered up ahead of what's going to happen on Saturday. Uh, and we spoke about it before. Go back and watch our reasonings if you've not already seen it. Obviously, we've gone. We're offering digital subscriptions now um, for our content. We talked a lot about it on the last pod, and so many of you have supported us. It's been it's been it's been touching. It's been really nice. Um, and for those of you who haven't signed up yet, um, go and see how to do that online, and I'll share the links again. Friends, 
it's hard to kind of put into context what we're on the verge of. On Saturday, Ipswich Town have a chance to win promotion for the first time since the year 2000. I had no hair in the year 2000. My eyebrows were shaved. I was a 19-year-old rascal. And now, more than half, half my lifetime later, we're on the verge of Ipswich Town finally getting promoted again. All they've got to do is beat Exeter. And you would not bet against it, friends. It's very, very, very exciting. I know a lot of you will be going to the game. Enjoy it. It's a day that you'll probably remember, hopefully, for the right reasons for the rest of your life. And we'll be back next time when, friends, we could be talking about Ipswich Town being promoted and playing in the Championship next season. How good will that be? Have a great weekend. And next time we talk, Ipswich Town could be promoted. Have a great weekend, friends. We'll speak to you next time.